0: Right, we look at your content. Are you congruent? To, uh, is your content a positive content? Right? And how fast are you speaking and what's your energy timeline? Right? Every single one of these will make or break a presentation, irregardless of whether it's business, an interview, or is it a keynote. Now, if we can distill this from an art into a science, I give you precise parameters and coaching on every single one of these parameters you will probably be able to get about 85% of your communication right, including the worst worst one, which is filler words.
1: How do you get 10,000 people to take a step to the left? What's behind the relentless mindset of a world champion? Why do teams of exceptional talent fail, how do you manage the pressure to perform? These are the sum of the curious questions we will attempt to answer as we bring you world leaders, curious minds, exceptional talent, successful CEOs, and incredible human beings who know how to inspire great leaders and are inspiring great leaders themselves. I am Craig Johns. High-performance leadership expert, international speaker, and CEO of Speakers Institute Corporate, and World Sport Coach. This is the Inspiring Great Leaders Podcast, where the ordinary don't belong. Welcome to the Inspiring Great Leaders Podcast. Today, we have not one, but two exceptionally good-looking guests with us. First up is the CEO and founder of Speakers Institute and Speakers Tribe. He is a multi-talented entrepreneur, author of 11 books, including five international bestsellers and a keynote speaker who has inspired audiences around the globe. He's been recognized as both the Young Australian of the Year and Edupreneur of the Year for his outstanding contribution to education and leadership. Please welcome Sam Cawthorn. How are you today, Sam?
2: Yeah, I'm really good. I was literally listening to that intro thinking, man, who is this person? They are phenomenal. Anyway, then I realized it was me. Now I have to eat humble pie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. And Sam's joining us from Hobart, Australia. But also joining Sam is the co-founder and CEO of Imperium, an AI metaverse and cybersecurity company that has received over 20 industry and business awards. He is a renowned futurist, a futurist who is passionate about the disruptive digital landscape for businesses and consumers alike. He is the author of the Amazon best-selling book *The Future in the Present: How AI Will Impact Your Life*. Please welcome from Singapore, Tony Tan.
0: Hi everyone! Uh, thanks, Craig, for inviting me for this uh, show. Very privileged. I'm especially excited not only to have you. In the same uh, uh, digital room with me, but of course, none other than Sam Cotton. I've been looking forward to this for the last two weeks since I got this invite. I'm roaring to go, man!
1: (laughs) Roaring in. What
0: everybody got to share today?
1: Nice, nice. And for our audience here today, we're going to be focused on AI and the future of business and also communication. So, what's fascinating, right? The first computer was invented in 1822. Uh, we saw iterations of computers, so from around World War Two onwards that that seemed to be, you know, in government spaces or even in military is um, even a few a little bit earlier. Uh, but really the first general purpose digital computer that we could really use from a consumer was in about 1973 and then I think IBM uh in 1975 kind of bought the portable computer out it was 23 kg so i'm not sure how portable it was uh and i think the first laptop was in 1982 we were probably running around in diapers at that point um which was about 1.6 kgs but then uh fast forward artificial intelligence everyone probably thinks that's relatively new but the first artificial intelligence program was way back in 1951 by Christopher Strachey, um, and even the internet was first started in 1960. So these things have been around a long time. So why has it taken 70 years, Tony, for artificial intelligence to really come to the forefront and be in the consumer space on not only a daily, uh, I suppose, a daily perspective, but actually every second, a minute of the day?
0: Wow, Craig, that is a fascinating question. That probably take me three hours to run through the history of uh, computing and artificial (laughs) intelligence. But I'll summarize uh, like this way, right? No technology in this world lives by itself, right? Every technology is totally dependent on a set of factors, uh, whether is it social factors or other technologies to make it work at the right time at the right place. So you are right to say that technology has been here for a while, but each of them is not sufficiently strong or portable enough in their own ways to make it work for each other. AI is very heavy on computing skills. If the computing chips are not strong enough, AI will not work. And therefore, you are right to say that AI has been around for a long time. But for those of us in the audience, you might or might not know this, we have gone through two AI winters before we even reach where we are today. So the fact that we are successful and you are seeing it, uh, getting the uh, consciousness of humanity now It's because of confluence of uh, factors and a convergence of multiple technology that allows this to happen. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, fascinating. And look, Sam, it's kind of taken over our whole lives. You know, I I went to the gym this morning. As soon as I get in the car, it recognizes that I'm going to Mingara um, to the fitness center. And it's already saying, would you like me to uh, show you the directions on my GPS? How has AI kind of shaped your your life at home.
2: Ah, uh, look, massive. And, and and if I may, I might also go to the first question that you asked Tony as well. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, human beings we we uh, we we haven't uh, seen much innovation in AI until this year because maybe we just maybe we enjoy the mundane tasks too much and we haven't innovated outside of those mundane tasks. And I'm actually being serious. Because, because obviously what AI has done, they've actually gotten rid of a lot of the main mundane tasks that us human beings do, so we can stay in that creative lane. Uh, and that's one thing I love about it. But look, in general, one thing that is uh, that has upgraded me and my teenage kids that live at home with us is every room in the house is all voice activated if we have any questions at all we just have to say it in any room and there is a factual answer that comes through whether it's through alexi or or, Siri or the like. if we want our lights to turn on we just say something and it turn on in any color or any type or any uh brightness that we need it to uh and so i i i've i've loved having ai incorporated every element of our home and also with our teenagers they they love having their neon lights underneath their bed uh and so you know which is all voice activated and the like or or even just putting stars up on the roof uh all through you know the clicking of their fingers or the like so it is fascinating what we're seeing uh, even, you know, in our own home here.
1: You know, if we think back to when we were all in high school, uh, I think computers, mm. there might've been one or two, maybe in the classroom. Uh, I know when I was at primary school, we had a Commodore 64, <laughs> uh, at home, we might've had the Atari and we were playing space invaders or Pac-Man or something. Uh, but you think about now the advancement, I suppose, in technology when it comes to artificial intelligence. Wow, wouldn't I have loved to have been at high school when ChatGPT was around? Because I wouldn't have had to, see, <laughs> I wouldn't have had to write a single exam or or project. uh Where are we, where are we going with this, Tony? What do you think in regards to the whole education space when we're using some of the artificial intelligence tools like ChatGPT that we're seeing really coming to the fore in twenty twenty
0: three? I think I think that is a. Uh... A very interesting question, Craig. Uh, I think we we focus on the education uh, sector because there's a lot of concern around how this will change the way we learn going forward, right? But I think actually actually it's a very a really good thing. Uh, we have a very big universities as our clients today. Uh, traditionally, uh, it's not standard across every country. Every country's education system, uh, system is different, but some of the countries, uh, they have been thinking about critical thinking and some of the more abstract skills that is not part of the normal education system that we have generally. And in Singapore, especially countries like us, we focus a lot on facts and memory, right? That is not uh, uh sometimes conducive to where the future is leading today. So ChatGPT to me is an enabler and it is a force multiplier and an accelerator for change uh, in the educational system. It forces us to really relook at the way we educate our people, to build the right sets of skill sets so that we are able to prepare ourselves for the future of technology. So this is a very powerful augmented technology that takes away the mundane education things that we are doing. I don't see why I should be studying one whole year of work to answer four questions. At the end of the day, that's not even relevant to my future, right? I mean, it's broken in that sense, right? ChatGPT will help me to do some of this work, right? But at the same time, it allows, it frees me up from some of this tedious work of memory, of looking at facts and see how these facts could mutate and could be harnessed for the future growth of myself and my field of expertise and for humanity as, as a whole. So I think it's a great thing. It augments me to do bigger things, uh, as, especially in our educational system today.
2: I, I, I also look at this as well, you know, cause obviously I, we run an educational company uh, and we teach people uh, whether it is how to speak with confidence, but also even how to write a TED talk or how to write a keynote talk, or actually even how to, how to um, inspire uh, anything educational uh, to their listener. So I feel that ChatGPT has you know, massively disrupted my entire industry uh, in general, though I must give it to the education system as well. Took them about three months before, before we heard of the very first education institution to start banning uh, ChatGPT, which is the general thing of what we see with education systems. If they don't quite understand it, let's just ban it altogether until such time as we do understand it but i certainly don't think that that is the answer uh, at all i think we have to find ways how we can actually educate and embrace it and actually even learn from it and even educate from it as well so what so there's this one school that i, I know of which is literally here in tasmania that where the teachers are actually now using chat gpt um to to um to To send reports and to actually even uh, critique our students' uh, um, our work as well. So there has to be a way how we can not only, you know, ban something when we don't quite know much at all about it, but actually embrace it in a more powerful way because what we're doing here within our education institution is that we're actually encouraging our students to use it. We're encouraging them to maximize their productivity and their performance by using AI. And I think mm-hmm. this is going to be the key for the future. Yeah. Mm. So,
1: so I bet you're going to be quite disappointed now that um, your son doesn't have to cart around an encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica brick in his backpack to school and he can just carry a phone. Uh, but what's, <laughs> what's kind of fascinating, I think, in this space as well is you know, everyone's talked about the digital world and technology taking over people's jobs, but we seem to have skill shortages and staff shortages all around the world. So I understand the skill shortages. So maybe artificial intelligence can help people accelerate their growth and learning, but I'm still fascinated that we are seeing staff shortages happening all around the world with a recession and
2: the advent of technology. Isn't that fascinating? and maybe it's because businesses they actually haven't learned how to embrace ai as easily to actually fill these roles or alternatively the consumer market aren't actually embracing ai technology when it does come to customer service when it does come to you know ordering something when it does come to you know um everything else and, and i still feel that you know back in the 80s 90s when we saw you know negative opinions of robots and AI actually did today a disservice because I'm still talking to older people and excuse the pun, but it's true that, you know, they're still worried and highly concerned about AI and refuse to have any AI technology in their own homes or, or even, you know, provide them with a level of customer service. So I still feel there is a long way to go for consumers to embrace AI in order for businesses to use AI more Profoundly for these for the jobs that were actually um, missing out. Why? Because they feel that they might use lose consumers because they've got some AI technology um, serving them rather than a human being. So there has to be a middle ground here between analog and digital, and even. Um, educating the consumers that ai has to be the future i mean even if you look at you know road safety so clearly i had a car accident yeah and and what i heard just recently road safety saying we have to keep all um all ai cars or you know self driving cars off the road and, and i'm thinking it's it's fundamentally wrong you have i believe if you make Every single vehicle on the road, AI powered and self-driving, we're going to eliminate 99% of all car accidents. So, so for me, there is a real uh, analog thinking with our consumers that is that is fundamentally needing to change.
0: Yep. Mm. So, Craig, I just want to give some context as well to your to your question, right? So you're saying there's a mismatch of work and now that we are coming out from COVID, why why is it there's such a mismatch of skill uh, uh, uh jobs out there? I think one of the main reasons is that during COVID, we have a lot of time to reflect. And we have this thing called the great resignation. Uh, I think we know about that the last couple of years, one year ago. And the reason is this no, we are not going to accept mind-numbing jobs now, right? We are looking for meaning in life, we're looking for legacy, right? it is very difficult for you to work in a call center you're flipping burgers every day and you call that a life, right? So um, people are refusing to do that going forward. And it's not because artificial intelligence is replacing jobs. It's because these are jobs nobody wants to do anymore. And this is precisely because of that. We need artificial intelligence now, more than ever, to replace the mundane so that humanity as a whole has to move forward, right? The core is out there more artificial intelligence systems to help the aging society to help taking away the mind-boggling the mind-numbing jobs so that we as a society can improve
1: oh i love your passion hallelujah (laughs) now now it is i mean we still need the human component you've already touched on this a little bit when it comes to using artificial intelligence uh i actually had one of our our facilitator colleagues andrew flannery sent me a a great message and he's like oh i love chat gp gtp um, gpt he said, "Look, I, I punched in these coordinates around having Craig Johns come and speak in law society, and what are five tips that can help them?" And I loved it because it came back saying that I was born in Australia and that I was five years younger than what I am. So, <laughs> so I, I love the fact that I'm younger, um, but it also means that you know you can't just at present while it's still you know the technology is still developing you can't rely solely on the technology. There still needs to be a human touch point on certain things, you know, like I would hate to be at a conference and someone introduces me as someone from a different country and a different age, etc. cetera. So there still needs to be some fact checking at the moment and I'm sure as it continues to evolve that there'll be less of that. But where do you think the technology is at, Tony, in regards to accuracy when we're thinking about things like chat GPT and other things that are searching and finding information at high speed Uh, to make sure we've got a lot more accuracy.
0: So first of all, uh, I just want to highlight an important fact that everybody listening has to know. ChatGPT is trained up to 2021. Today we are 2023. So there's two years of facts on the entire internet that's not visible to ChatGPT. At the end of uh, the day, the technology you know, I want to I will say a, a little bit, I will go deep dive a little bit, but it's an important point. I think sometimes you get confused with the artificial intelligence and machine learning. Well, artificial intelligence is a sexy term and we embrace that term, but at the end of the day, it is actually machine learning. It is actually a machine that learns, right? So it is as good as what we feed them. So if we are not conscious and we are not ethical and we are not careful of what we input into this machine, you will learn the wrong things at output the wrong uh, results. So therefore, today, there's always human intervention that needs to be involved. So one of the examples I'll give you is that uh, there's this uh, uh, incident that we almost started World War III because of this guy, this guy, Colonel Petrov. He's the guy who averted World War III. Why? Because Russia has the greatest uh, radar systems. But the radar, the greatest and most mighty radar systems mistook a cloud flare, for a nuclear launch by the United States. They have only a couple of seconds to react. If he was to let the system to automate it, three of us will be here talking today. But because of the human in the loop, because he has critical thinking, because he is now exercising his decision, and he prevented World War III as a result of the human interface. So whatever technology that we have today, we will definitely need a human interface at the end of the day. And therefore, for our audience today, we humans is a master of this technology, and we have to work with this technology to the greatest benefit to all of us.
2: Cool. Yeah, look, I, I would, I'd also agree uh, as well. And Elon Musk, uh, he's now coming out and saying one of the one of the most significant things that governments now need to do right now uh, is to create uh, some laws, uh, some policies in and around. Um, uh, coders and people that are actually entering in data and creating these AI machines Uh, and that can be anything from bias uh, all the way through to you know uh, worrying you know um, um, employee you know mindsets that are they're actually building these codes as well so I think that's really fundamental in creating some laws uh, in a, for governments all around the world and for them to keep up. But one of my mates, uh, his name is Andy Sorman nelson he's a futurist, and he did write a book a few years ago, which is still very prevalent today, and he's talking about the converge between analogue and digital, you know, our our, our digital minds and our analogue hearts you know we still have that emotional intelligence that human beings love that physical touch and that and that human connection uh, as well so yes to a certain extent we're going to use ai for for mundane uh, and the like and for other elements of you know service based organization but but at the same time we still have to have that human touch and that high touch and that analog side of things as well so really getting that fine balance for all businesses Whether it's staff connection, staff interaction, all the way through to analyzing data and and machine learning and the like, I think it's going to be really pivotal to get that right um, formula right between both Mm. of those. Mm.
0: And I I want to highlight a very important part here, and I think this one has to be shared, right? So one of the other problems that we are facing today is that who's accountable for AI if the AI goes wrong? This (laughs) question nobody asks about it. We're very excited. Wow, you know, we can do this, we can do that. But what happened is the results or wrong decisions are made based on the wrong results. Is it going to be open AI that's responsible for this? So one of the biggest problems that we have is called the trolley problem, right? If the car is driving down the street and there's an old woman and there's a young kid and the AI has to decide, I'm going to hit one of them. Who's it going to be, right? Because the car is out of control. Is it going to be the old woman or the young kid, right? So that is one dilemma that we cannot solve today. And secondly, if we hit and an accident happens, do we blame a car like Tesla or is it a 25-year-old kid that's coding the AI behind that car that's outsourced to a third-party vendor? These ethical questions is not answered. Accountability is not created. Therefore, we have a gap. If this gap is not closed, it prevents the wider adoption for AI today across multiple industries. So this is something that we need to take note of as well.
1: Yeah. It makes me think that, you know, this machine learning and artificial intelligence is not that too dissimilar to the human brain in a way. It, our human brain functions on what we feed it. And there and are an no rules. Question. We get to it make our, our own decisions, position. right?
0: <laughs> you know what I tell people about AI? AI is actually the, is actually the, the deepest fake for humanity. It looks almost like humanity, but it's not. And that creates a confusion for a lot of people. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of my greatest banes in, I suppose, the, the advancement of technology so far is the customer service chatbots, which drive me insane. Uh, are we ever going to get to a space where we can actually feel like we are actually, that our customer service when we're talking with companies actually helps us and serves us? Because a lot of the time it just frustrates us and we feel like we're not getting anywhere and when we really want a question answered, there is no answer to that question. And then there is no option to ring someone and actually have a conversation. So are we getting any further down the track? Do you think we're gonna head back to a bit more human side when it comes to customer service or are we, are we just now we're stuck with chatbots?
2: Mm-hmm. Look, look, I reckon we are at the precipice of, of customer service and AI. Um, and it's mainly because what we're seeing right now with AI, which we've never seen more advancements than what we're seeing. So I, I I I cannot see organisations and businesses spending, you know, um, spending more money on human customer service, but I can see them spending more money on getting the, um, on answering the specific needs of customers' problems, utilizing AI. So I I my, my gut feel says and, and mainly because I' I run companies and this is what I'm going to do as well I'm not going to bring more more people to do more customer service where an AI could actually to a certain extent answer that question even better in a short period of time particularly utilizing some of the some of the up-to-date AI stuff that we're seeing now one thing that we are doing is we're using a couple of other uh, great um, AI tools and and, and here are are a couple of examples. Um, One is Synthesia, that's S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A. And another one is Genmo, G-E-N-M-O. And what both of these platforms can do is actually create um, educational videos short and sharp specific uh, based on let's say someone asking us a question and now here's an educational video um and it re- and these and these platforms can create these educational videos in literally just the within 30 seconds so instead of using the entire video team that can do editing get cutaways use stock footage etc we can now provide educational videos really really quick and literally create an educational video um, right after a customer actually asked us a question, we can then create a video specifically de- designed on that question as well, which I think is going to be a game changer.
1: Yeah, really, really fascinating. But my question around this, all right, because you, your brand of your business is not just the faces of the business. It's also the content that we're delivering and what is digitally visible. Uh, how well are you noticing these, the software at the moment and been able to use the type of language and even the feel of the language that feels like
2: speakers Institute. Yeah, look a good question and I think a lot of this is is ultimately going to do with prompts, okay So 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 if the prompts are being are, are, are really specific, then you can get this specific answer back and it's like everything you know if you are if you ask me a question and i pro- try and provide an answer to you without either number 1 truly understanding the question or number 2 you not asking the question properly now we have an issue yeah Mm. so so for me everything is about the right prompts if you do the right prompts or if you ask them the right questions in order for us to truly understand the pain point and problem then the right answer can be matched with the right question if that makes sense so with all levels of ai that i've been using Um, it, it is about entering in the right prompts in order for you to get the answer to your question and, and if, and if the right prompts aren't being used, then, then AI, I feel is going to be pointless. So are we going to see a lot
1: more, maybe in education side of things around the importance of questioning and understanding context and motive and things like that, which are actual real human skills. I think. It'd be great to see that advancement in the education system for you, Tony, you use, you not only use the likes of artificial intelligence and machine learning, you create uh, different platforms and softwares, et cetera in this space, metaverse, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, and what is, I suppose your, if we look behind the scenes in a way what is your vision for that why are you utilizing these platforms and you know what's the ultimate outcome for you
0: I think ultimately we want to solve some real problems for humanity today uh and it's around augmenting uh, how we, how can we do things better faster more effectively so artificial intelligence what we are seeing today yeah uh, is uh, is multiple types of uh, uh sub- subsets of technologies coming together. And we have to mix the different types to solve a particular problem. Uh, but what we are seeing is this acceleration of some sort of this tech that's coming in that's extremely exciting. And this has, uh, at the, the tech that we are building uh, is going to leapfrog uh, a lo- uh, for a lot of industries because we are the fourth industrial revolution. Right, guys, listen up. This is very important. Yep. You have an opportunity today. It's just like where the internet just started. If you get on board the bandwagon, Educate yourself on artificial intelligence. Educate yourself on the possibilities. You have a chance now to leapfrog your competitors in terms of customer service, in terms of business offerings. You have a chance to relook really at how you can optimize your productivity. This is the time where the small takes on the big. This is a great equalizer for everyone. So for us, we are harnessing this technology to go to the market, to create new products, to make an impact. But it's not just for a company like us who has these development skills. We hear clearly from Sam earlier. How is he using this to create a difference? How is he moving fast? How as the owner of an organization is understanding that tech, Sam is not necessarily a technical guy. He's far from a technical geek. But the most important thing is he understands, he harnessed, and he's not afraid to experiment. And that, to me, is a hallmark of a successful entrepreneur. And everybody could have tapped on this technology. We're talking the democratization of AI. So all our audience out there, please, this is it's an opportunity. Now is the time. Harness this technology, right? When the world is still sleeping, you. what's the word that Sam used? When people are zigging, you are zagging, right? So GPT-4 AI will allow you to zag like nobody be, uh, before, right? So yeah. I also want to quickly answer one last question, Craig, about uh, you talk about chatbots. yeah? You know, the chatbots are quite dead. They, they, they're stupid. There are things that are called stupid chatbots out there, right? That's intelligent <laughs> stupid chatbots. So the thing is this chat gpt yes. is so profound we we don't really understand what is it going to do but oh. let me tell you what's missing in this world the robots are there, right they, they the robots can don't even realize but they cannot communicate and that's a problem but chat gpt put the human in the communication so robots will be very close to what you have as a as a human and sam spoke earlier right uh, people are resisting why because they see it as a technology, they see something that is not approachable. But when you communicate like a human powered by ChatGPT, and with ChatGPT 4, with expression, ability to understand expression, you are going to see human-like communications across chatbots, across robotics. This will fundamentally transform the way we live, the way we play, and the way we work, right? I I cannot even... tell you right now in this short time how profound this change is going to be but it will have so much changes in the future of aging the future of uh uh uh, 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 environment the future of medical research it's going to change every industry
2: and and here's two two specific examples on this as well and and obviously i'm also talking about chat gpt as well so so for me everything is about productivity whether it's in the home or whether it's at work so productivity at home. Chat GPT four, you can take a photo of all the contents in your fridge and it will create a recipe for you based on what you already have in your fridge. Highly productive. Here's another example. I've got a I've got team members and I've got one team member who's my copywriter writes all our email campaigns our customer service our landing pages web copy etc i've basically told her i want her to produce a minimum of twice as much work that she has been doing by utilizing chat gpt and you know something she's close to developing three times more work is what she was developing. and now she's been working with us for three years and now suddenly now overnight, we're getting three times more productivity from her. So these are just two examples of, of how AI can massively improve your productivity in your personal life, as well as also your professional life.
1: I reckon uh, it'd get a bit confused if it took a photo of your wardrobe, Sam, with all those black shirts and black pants. It wouldn't know what, to <laughs> yeah. do. what should I
2: wear? <laughs> what combination today? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now tony you started talking about artificial intelligence or ai augmentation uh, i'm curious how close are we to actually replacing communication skills or should it be
0: i, I i'll tell you uh, i've been playing i've been working i have a team of data scientists that's working on it and I, I think sam knows about this right i can tell you today there's really some serious limitations uh we are now distilling the art of communication into into a science right but even that. Uh, if we look at things like uh, non-verbal communication, we look at tonality, we look at speed of speech, we can distill it to a science. I can even look at your content. But what I can't do and what I will never be able to do as far as I can see for now for the foreseeable future, we can't do storytelling. No way. How is the AI going to train you on storytelling? I don't know when to stop. I don't know how to bring out the emotions. I don't know when to bring down the tonality when I have a sad event going on. Right? I can't. And that, storytelling, emotional, is in the domain of humanity, right? And that is solely in that domain. And only we can do it to the best of our abilities. So it allows us, communicators, to focus on what is important, not just about communication in the world of AI, but about the storytelling, about the story showing. It is extremely complex, right? So it is not something that at the the foreseeable future, with all the latest AI advances that we can do. But we can augment... The art of communication by looking at all the other mundane stuff, so that we can focus on what's important, and that is to bring that emotion, bring that content across effectively to make people remember you. So it yeah. is totally augmenting. Yeah, I
1: love that because yeah. I love that. You think about from you know some some of the keynote speakers were a little bit concerned when it was starting, like you know, talking about the idea of you know. It, People been able to produce great keynotes through artificial intelligence, but I, I was—I'm very curious. How close are we right now to say a, you know, something like a Chat GTP, uh, GPT? Sorry, being able to create a speech, but put it in the spoken word versus the written word. Um, and I, I'm curious to see. You know, is there anything out there you've seen? Because if we got it to write speeches then we're still going to get the same boring speeches apart from maybe a little bit more interesting content from leaders or people presenting in the corporate space uh because you know the written word if someone reads it out loud is actually quite boring
0: yep i i will, i will say this i'm sure sam has a ton of impulse about this but At the end of the day, uh, I think ChatGPT can create great content, right? But we all know content, if you want to create great content, you can get a professor to deliver that. A great professor has great content, right? We all know that a lecturer has great content. But it's the art of delivery that differentiates between tech and humanity. And that we call it an art because this is exactly what we need as humanity to do. Focus on that delivery Focus on how people can remember us. Focus on storytelling. These are exactly the skills that we have to focus today compared to the past. We can get ChatGPT to help us to write the great content. That's for sure, right? But who's going to deliver it? And how do we deliver it? It is still extremely necessary today, right? So yeah, it augments us. We become more productive. It can even create a better speech for us. But we now can focus on the art of delivery, which is exactly in the domain of Sam,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Mm. So, look, from my perspective as well, everything about communication is winning another person's attention. But also not only that, then influencing them to take action. So whether you're a leader talking to your staff, whether you're a salesperson talking to a potential customer, or whether you're a husband trying to connect with your wife. Uh, Everything around communication is keeping their attention and then influencing them to take action. And this isn't just the content, what we say. It's not just the words. It's not just the text itself. It is also how we say it. And so this is exactly what Tony is now talking about here, which is speed of speech, which is pauses, which is gestures, which is tonality, and everything like that. Now, now, ultimately, I I have seen some AI tools that can do a nice pause. I've seen some AI, you know, speeches that can that can do some levels of of tonality, but the human side of human connection in our communication and also influencing us is a whole different skill that, that I've only seen human beings do. Yes, AI can inform, but when it does come to transform, when it does come to influencing someone to take action on something, that still will require a human being. And I'm hoping that it will always be requiring a human being as well. hmm so we're,
1: we're talking oh, about the, that non-verbal side of thing and talking about emotions, et cetera. The, Tony, your team, and obviously with a bit of support from Sam and I have been creating uh, a really good use of artificial in, intelligence software and the way we can augment that with people's communication skills. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Epic AI, where, where that concept came from and what are we what where are we at in regards to how we can support people and being able to as say as sam said you know be able to transform and influence people through how we
2: speak yeah oh, listen to this come on tony <laughs> so thanks Craig.
0: that's a that's a that's the question i've been waiting for throughout the entire podcast here right <laughs> so thank you thank you for bringing it up finally come on yeah <laughs> So all right, if you look at it, uh, this this solution was created to fill a gap in the in the in in the market, right? You we we understand that it's hard to get someone like Sam or even yourself, Craig, uh, to give us feedback, to give us training, twenty four by seven. We can be living anywhere in the world, uh, and it's not just about your presence. It's difficult to reach out to you people. How many people know about you guys from let's say Africa or in the Middle East? They don't, right? And even if they do and have an important presentation the very next day that's going to transform their life, where are they gonna get the feedback? Right? And they don't even have an audience there that allows them to practice such an important presentation, right? So what we need is a pocket coach communicator, Are we call it Epic uh, uh uh AI, right? That they can access itself by 24 hours. Now, what's inside Epic and why is it so transformational and why is it so such a powerful augmentation? Because in a communication is a very broad uh, aspect. Yeah, we look at we look at so many things, uh, we look at nonverbal communications, and we know for a fact that non-verbal communications is a big part of that delivery, right? We look at your your, your speech, we look at your tonality, we look at your body language, right? We look at your content. Are you congruent? To, uh, is your content a positive content, right? And how fast are you speaking and what's your energy timeline? Every single one of these will make or break a presentation regardless of whether it's a business, an interview, or is it a keynote. Now, if we can distill this from an art into a science, I give you precise parameters and coaching on every single one of these parameters. You will probably be able to get about 85% of your communication right, including the worst, the worst one, which is filler words. How many of us have gone through a presentation and we got killed by filler words, death by filler words, right? And the poor the, the thing is that most of these communicators, they don't even they're not even aware they're using filler words. They're not aware of the anxiety levels. And no one is telling them, and there's no way for them to be made aware. But this app, powered by artificial intelligence, not one type, but eight different artificial intelligence agent uh, uh technology will break down your entire communication into a science. We can tell you exactly what the areas you need to improve. Okay right and there is no more guess there's no more guessing right we will monitor your heart rate we will look at your anxiety levels and we will measure every single thing so that you can ace your interview you can ace your presentation you can ace your keynote right based on just training with epic ai and i can tell you for a fact this is the most advanced communication tool in the world today there's simply nothing like that so we place a humongous role in upgrading the communication skills for not just individuals, but corporate executives around the world when it's launched. So look out for it. It's going to
1: be big. Um, oh, there you go. There's a fluid. <laughs> 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 uh, look, you know, and we know, we know a number of, a, a couple of different companies have tried to produce something similar, similar in software to this before. What is, the biggest challenge when it comes to human beings non-verbals and looking at from a presentation point of view what are the parameters that are really really difficult for artificial intelligence machine learning to actually catch be able to assess and then give feedback on
0: so i think if you look at um areas that we do very well in areas that we need augmentation areas that we do very well is that we can that if you look at a person and you say that person is uh, speaking too fast because it's anxious uh this is based on your experience as a coach correct but today my AI by measuring using a watch I'm measuring all your uh, 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 body perform uh, 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 body parameters I'm able to state for a fact that this is anxiety now this is something that not humans can do not even Sam right <laughs> you need technology to do that and you see, and in some of the content that some of these speakers are talking about, there might be very specific contents that we as coaches, we can't tell whether this content is real or is it relevant, right? Because we don't, we are simply not subject matter experts across every single content out there. But with AI, we have a very powerful capability to tell you whether your content is congruent or not. And this is something that really augments us as coaches uh, that gives us another dimension that traditionally has not been av- available to us. Now, these are fantastic, and this will really bring up the game, right, for communication skills. But then again, we realize that, look, you know, at the end of the day, what what Sam says, right, the emotional aspect to transform. Now, this is not something technology can do. This is something that only a human, one human can do to another. Empathy, right? We know know this empathy, critical thinking. Um, These are things that uh, no way or sarcasm, there's no way that AI can catch today, right? Uh, it is not designed to do that, either, and I don't think you will ever do that uh, very accurately going forward. And these are areas that a human coach could come in and augment this so that it can bring up the communication skills uh, really to the to bring up the full potential of that particular uh, uh, presenter, right? Okay. So it is both augmenting, and but there's also an opportunity for a human coach to come in and really transform the speaker. But I would say that for 80% of normal presentations, uh, I think Epic AI could do a pretty good job.
2: Love it. I, I think what what I'm also hearing here as well, and it's and in a way, it's such an oxymoron. Hey, uh, they, they, these two words, you know, trust and truth, right? So, 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 what we know, whenever you're hearing someone, you you would like them to think that they're congruent and they're speaking their truth, right? And only through your own perceived, you know, understanding of body language and people's communication, can you sort of guess if they are congruent and speaking their truth. But I suppose now what 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 um what Tony is saying is is that the, the science to the art of what AI can do is see if you are congruent with what you're speaking. Yeah, and and this is why it's such an imperative thing for all communicators and all leaders and all salespeople in general for them to speak their truth because when they speak their truth, then they're more trustworthy. And when you're trustworthy, then ultimately you can influence another person. So there's certain things that technology can do when it does come to trust and truth that not even human beings can do. And that is extraordinary. Mm. So for all those
1: communication speaking coaches out there in this world Uh who are going, there goes my job. How do you think, Sam, we can leverage this type of technology rather than
2: thinking of it as a threat? Uh, Look, exactly right. Look, look, to to a certain extent, we can't be there 24-7, you know, um, all the time when it does come to, uh, you know, giving people feedback. That's why I think um, technology can actually work really well because it's literally a, a, a communication coach in your pocket, which is really, really cool. Uh, However, there, there are certain things that AI just simply can't do the way that human beings can do. And it's what Tony was saying earlier on in and around story. What we know about story is story is our number one trump card. No one on the planet has our experiences, has our story. Crafting that story, knowing how to emotionally move and shift the listener, that still will require human touch. Uh, when it does come to keynotes and the like, there's nothing greater when you can get a celebrity keynote to a stage rather than AI just delivering the same content, yeah? So there's, there's still that aspect of bringing a human being for that human touch. Uh, and ultimately, every human being still does need to upskill themselves with their own story, upskill themselves when it does come to their own communication, whether it's in their personal and their professional life as well. So I think with with every industry, whether it is education, whether it's the services, you know, customer service, whether it's in retail, whether it's in technology, there are certain aspects where they must embrace AI well like we are, but there's other cases where ultimately it does require a human being to bring in that creativeness, to bring in that human side, and so you know, in general, AI is will not be replacing anything and everything, even in my industry and everyone else's industry. But if we are not embracing it today, we will find our company and ourselves irrelevant in the future. Mm. So we embrace it. Yeah, Craig, I want to. This is a
0: very important point. I just want to uh, mention. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning you look at a speaker and you look at a job scope, like Sam said, a speaker is not just one skill. There's like 15 skills to master, right? And a job scope has, fifth, most people have multiple job scope, not just one, right? Now, what AI does, they replace some of the job scope, but they don't replace the job. So they replace some of the elements of a speaker, they don't replace the speaker. So this allows the speaker to focus on the areas that make an impact. And I know among the listeners here, there's a lot of authors. And I want to say this thing that is so important. Today, the advent of ChatGPT 4 and ChatGPT 5, if you're going to write a book on facts, it's not going to fly because people can get it from ChatGPT. So to expose it on what Sam talked about storytelling, any book, even a factual book, has not got story elements and authenticity inside will fail in the age of AI. So if you're thinking about writing a book, you're thinking about giving a speech, you must absolutely harness elements of human connection and storytelling in whatever you do today, in the age of AI. And that is one of the advice I'd like to give to our audience today.
1: Very good. I know in the world of sport and endurance world, we've had the advent of training software and using heart rate monitors and watches that tell us what's going on. Uh, It actually increased the demand for physical coaches. And because they realized it was a tool and it's, it's like, you know, I think a lot of the artificial intelligence, it's not gonna replace human beings. It will be a tool to support human beings to perform at a higher level. Mm. And so it's exciting where it's going. I, I'd like to kind of finish with one, one last question around artificial intelligence for both of you. What do you see as the future of AI for both uh, in the corporate world maybe just quickly what are one, two or three easy solutions, but then also what should they be thinking about in the future that they need to be ready for? And I'll start with you, Tony.
0: All right. So, uh, just now, remember we started off with saying that's a convergence of technology. This convergence is moving faster. Uh, for some of us, uh, might or might not know this, there is a very, very big changes around the corner. And this change is called quantum computing and it's coming. In the next five, six years, it will be mass, it will be used in the cloud. This computing power is about 1,000 times the power of classical computers. So, Classical computers are the most powerful computers or supercomputers that we have. Quantum computer is 1,000 times that power, right? And when this is made available, the world will change, right? And with the advanced logarithms like ChatGPT4 going forward, they will converge together. So the ability for us to solve world problems, create better services, more advanced robotics, you, you name it. Every industry from what you know today is going to be totally different in the next five to six years time. If you think that you know AI, you don't know anything. <laughs> Wait till you see the convergence in five to six years time, ladies and gentlemen. My advice is uh, really get to know this technology, understand it right now, embrace it. It's here to help you. There's no fear, right? The one who embraces it is going to be the winner. And in the future, whatever things that you are doing, uh, you'll be heavily augmented by AI, right? And, uh, and that's what I want to say. And one more one more very important thing, guys. I, I think this one is, you need to know this. Right behind AI, maybe it's a little bit buried right now due to communications, the metaverse is still very much alive. And it, it will come, right? And AI is a big part of the metaverse going forward. When we have com- quantum computing, when we have the metaverse digital experience coming together, powered by new judge of AI, wow! Even Speakers Institute is gonna be very different from what we see today. Yeah, so the the, the, the time is too short for me to go too into, into depth about all these things. But uh, you know, we can talk about this in another session, Craig, but the, the takeaway point is guys, get to know AI today, get to understand it because your life will totally be different going forward.
1: Oh, love it. And Sam, uh, last final words from you around how corporates can embrace the future of AI
2: yeah, so I, I feel that the number one thing corporates need to uh, look at is ultimately finding finding ways where there are mundane things that it's hard for a human being to stay creative and stay focused and enjoy that role and fulfill that with an AI technology that could actually do it a little bit better, that it's um that it's also mundane as well. So I think, um, for me, it is about it is about uh, leaning into it, don't being scared of it. It's about learning from it and finding out ways how we can be more productive with it as an organization and keep human beings in that creative space. I think for too long us human beings we've we've been thrown into environments where we we're not using our intelligence and the capacity that we have. And more and more with this new generation that's coming through, young people want to be creative. They want variety, they want innovation, they want to be agile. And so the more that our employers uh, can look for ways how they can uh, keep these young people stimulated in their creative side and keep their minds active uh, and then fulfill those mundane uh, things with productive AI tools is ultimately going to make this world a better place. Uh, outstanding. What a great way to finish. in. we normally ask a few questions
1: at the end, but we've uh, run out of time today. So what I'm going to do is I will put in into the show notes how you can connect with both Sam and Tony. Uh, but thanks, everyone. for uh, Thanks, both Tony and Sam, for a wonderful uh, interview today. It's been a great conversation, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. It's time for you to join the Inspiring Great Leaders movement by visiting craigjohns.com.au Share this podcast on LinkedIn and be sure to hashtag inspiring great leaders. We would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Drop us a line with your feedback and questions and connect with us on the Craig Johns LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram pages. Be sure to check out the next inspiring great leaders podcast
2: where the ordinary don't belong.